0: This podcast is brought to you by Liberate, my OCD fighter, an initiative introduced by the 17-year-old CEO, Miss Kajal Gupta, based on her experience with OCD. It is an app which allows you to enter your obsessions, compulsions, triggers, and create diary entries, making it easier to face OCD every day. You can download the app from the Play Store and make sure to check out
1: the Liberate website.
0: Isn't it ironic that the middle of a worldwide pandemic is the time when the world is coming out of the safety of their homes to protest the wrongs instilled by society throughout the decades? But I guess that only goes to show the solidarity and the sheer power of the masses as they have finally been disillusioned to the social climate. It goes to show that it doesn't matter if the world as we know it might be ending. When the human race gets righteous, No force of nature can stop it. One such war right now is against racism and police brutality. It started when a black man in the United States, George Floyd, was killed by former police officer Derek Chauvin. The disgusting display of police brutality sparked a nationwide cry of outrage, and people rightly began protesting. These protests have now been induced to countries across the globe with people questioning the deep-rooted racism and ultimate immunity of the police, and staging gatherings for reforms. A lot has happened since then, and I think that people should educate themselves on the topic. I think racism is often confused with colorism,
2: and I think there is a need for awareness of the distinction between the two. Racism is discrimination based on race and the colour of one's skin can be taken as an indicator for race, while colorism is just discrimination on the basis of colour. In this episode, we would like to discuss the psychological effects of racism and the trauma caused by lifelong exposure to it. Racism manifests itself in everyday life in the form of microaggressions, which can be borne by misconceived stereotypes. People who experience it do not get to discuss and talk about it freely because of alienation due to inability to talk about it. It feels like their social counterparts will not understand the things they've gone through due to the targeted and humiliating nature of these racial microaggressions. They're more likely to experience depressive disorders due to this isolation.
1: Like they can't go and tell their friends or loved ones because they might not have experienced the same or they might just be, you know, dismissive of it.
2: Exactly. To give an example, it is widely experienced in the Black community that while walking, they are always expected to be the ones that move out of the way. If they don't, they're constantly bumping into white males. It doesn't seem to be too big of a deal, but minor slight slighties can be very disturbing for
0: people. Validation is a big part of it. People are psychologically wired to be defensive when they feel attacked. This often happens when someone complains about racism, but their defensiveness or offhand comments can further hurt and invalidate the victims. Saying that you're overreacting just because you can't fathom their pain or right of a microaggression is just a coincidence or an interaction with a person with faulty principles are just some ways this gets manifested.
1: During research, I came across a poignant quote and experience by James Baldwin. As he describes, what it's like to be the way he is. It goes like, and I quote To be a person of color in this country is really never to be looked at. What white people see when they look at you is not visible. What they do see when they look at you is what they have invested you with. What they have invested you with is all the agony and pain and the danger. And the passion and the torment, you know, sin, death and hell, of which everyone in this country is terrified.
2: That's… I'm speechless. I get it. I imagine it would be particularly hard for people who have experienced and bottled up their trauma to be hyper-vigilant and having more paranoid self-consciousness. This could possibly make them more perceptive to these minor displays and worsen their state like a constant part of your mind is always expecting to be discriminated against. I couldn't imagine the issues this might create for the psyches of these people. Imagine going through life being more vulnerable due to their race. This is a reality for many people. All this strikes a chord though. All these effects can be symptoms of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: Unfortunately, as of now, racial discrimination is not classified as a direct basis of PTSD. However, many psychologists believe that with enough exposure, its aftermath can cause tendencies towards it. A constant hypervigilance leads to fear, which when runs unchecked, can cause stress, traumatization, triggers.
1: But racism is more deep-rooted than just overt acts. It also appears as institutionalized racism. When people try to seek help, I've noticed that the mental health system is incredibly whitewashed as even today, resources are centered around white people and not the people of color. I found out that in 2015, only 14% of psychologists were not white, yet, ethnic minorities made up 38% of the US population. Anyone can see that, that is clearly disproportionate. So, how does this affect people of color seeking help?
2: Well, they're less likely to be treated by a psychologist who understands their struggles since the majority of them are white. Also, having a white mental health professional increases the chances of racial implicit bias being used against them. After reading some experiences of black people in therapy, I can see that it's clearly a problem and not only in the USA.
0: Did you know that in the UK, black people are four times more likely to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act? and on average, remain inpatient longer? Clearly, the system is not understanding their needs, and not helping them properly. We all know that there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to mental health treatment. Yet, most treatments are not considering the different experiences of people of colour. The effects on people of colour can honestly be detrimental. If you were turned away from treatment due to racism or mental health, or professionals were being racially insensitive and ignorant, you would be less likely to seek further help.
1: We have to realize that a society caters more to the white individual in all aspects of life, especially healthcare, and mental health treatment is not exempt from this. It is yet to cater to a multicultural society. Lives of people of color matter more than the convenience of white people. We have to stop invalidating people by getting defensive and making it about ourselves. The Black Lives Matter movement does not stand for other lives not mattering. It is about the upliftment of an oppressed race and how, until that doesn't happen, our lives can't matter.
0: Our privilege has made us ignorant and selfish. It is time to be worldly, sympathetic, and trauma informed. Know that someone expressing their trauma does not invalidate yours. Be an ally to the one suffering, develop empathy, and most importantly, use your privilege to make people feel empowered and not further alienated. Humanity dictates we do so, and it is high time people obey. Change the way you pose questions. Instead of, what is wrong with you, ask, what happened to you?
2: We are bigger than the bad values instilled in us. We are human. If we learn, we can reprogram ourselves to be better and make sure the same attributes are not passed on to the further generations like a messed up heirloom.
1: If you are hearing this, say the names of the people our system has wronged. Say it loud enough that everyone who is ignorant can hear you. Talk to your family and educate them. As always, seek help if you need it. And share your resources in any way to anyone who needs them. And don't forget to tune in to our next episode.